live your life, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for Yeah, rear naked choke of Cocker Spaniel, bro. You know what I'm saying? Change the neighborhood up. Conspiracy Farm. Go. Check it out. Boom. Off to the races, ladies and gentlemen. Locked and loaded for another episode for the archives of the Conspiracy Farm. Jeffrey Wilson riding shotgun, as always, with my partner in crime, UFC Hall of Famer, eater of worlds, lover of ice cream. Pat Militich, how we doing, champ? I'm doing good, man. I, I don't love ice cream anymore. My kids get it all. They eat it up before I get any of it now. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is what it is. But I'm feeling shaggy, brother. <laughs> I am getting the long beard. I just, I'm looking kind of, kind of homeless and stuff, you know, and I don't have to be on uh, fight broadcast. So I'm just growing out the beard, growing out the hair and get, I'm nice. going to get crazy. Letting the just for men stay on the shelf for now. I love it. <laughs> I appreciate, yeah. as always, brother, you always come through with just some killer, killer guests. And I just, I mean, this one, I've known who he is, but just reading, you know, the bio he gave us and his backstory and, and such a very, very fascinating story, this gentleman. Uh, his name is Ray Yee, ladies and gentlemen. He's born and raised in 1969, Portland, Oregon. Um, his family, which we're going to talk about, has a very interesting background in China. Uh, him growing up, you know, just like like other kids, he just wanted to fit in. Skinny kid, you know, got picked on. Um, his parents necessarily didn't think he was embracing his his roots as much, so they wound up hooking him up with his, I believe, his uncle to learn martial arts, etc. We're going to hear all about it. Um, the, his martial arts background is absolutely insane, ladies and gentlemen. Ninth degree black belt in the Filipino arts of Kali Silat Escrima Escrido Pangamont. I probably massacred that. But, I mean, just an illustrious, illustrious, deep background in martial arts, and one in particular that I'm going to pick his brain on that just blew my mind. Uh, Ray Yee is joining us today. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing awesome, man. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on the show. It's truly an honor. Yeah, without a doubt. Patrick, I mean, if you don't mind, kick us off on how long you've known Ray, some of the stories you guys have talked about to, you know, kind of prompt to get him on the show. You know, through I've known of of Ray for many, many years, and and obviously – never got an opportunity to train with him until of late. You know, I've always, you know, we don't have any experts in, in Filipino martial arts and knife and, and escrima. And, and I just, I've always been fascinated with it and wanted to do it and finally got a chance. And he took the time and worked with me. We got in the cage and teaching me some patterns for stick fighting, knife fighting. And I'm just fascinated with it. And I was like a stumbling idiot trying to get through this, these beginner level, uh, uh, this beginner level stuff, because my, my knife stuff and my fighting stuff is look. I'm a caveman. I'll just smash. I'm I'm not a surgeon, so I want to learn more of the surgery stuff, and that's that's why I wanted to hang out with Ray. So he's he's an expert in in a lot of different things, and has trained a lot of great fighters also in mixed martial arts. So it's it was an honor to just get the chance to work with him. Well, and as you'd said, you'd heard some pretty cool stories, Ray. Give us a little bit. I mean, I just kind of did a cursory on a little bit of your background there. Tell us, you know. Little Ray Yee, you know, how you became who who you are a little bit on your what kind of the majority. I think what we're going to talk about here is kind of your political, not your political background, but your, kind of your parents upbringing in China, the political hardships they had to go through. Tell us a little bit about all that, bro. Well, as far as um, my, my background, you know, I was I was born in the United States. I'm a first generation American. Um, you know, I um, 1969 was my, my birth year. 
Um, and you know, I, you know, like you said, I, I really wanted to just fit in. Um, I loved everything American, you know, I, I loved hamburgers. I loved, mm -hmm. you know, Batman and Robin, you know, all, all, all the things that you grow up as a, 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 a kid in the United States, I embraced, you know, and, um, you know, I was lucky enough that I, I was able to learn how to speak, you know, Cantonese, uh, which is a dialect in China, Chinese, uh, and English right. at the same time. Um, but as I got into school, you know, I, um, uh, I wanted to distance myself even more from my, my heritage because again, like you said, I, I got, I did get picked on, um, you know, the school that I went to uh, uh, elementary school and, and, and kindergarten, there was only like two or three, you know, kids that were a little different. Um, I was one of them, you know, and, um, every year there was just a few kids, but there was, you know, always the group of kids that wanted to pick on the kids that were different. You know what I mean? And um, so when right. I when I got a little bit older, my parents just decided that, hey, you know, this kid's you know doing good, but he needs to understand the the the, the struggles and, and and what other cultures, you know, especially in Southeast Asia had to, to deal with, you know, and, and what we dealt with, you know. So um, I, I started going to to, um, to I, my first place uh, was Hong Kong that I went to uh, where my uncle uh, and my mother's family lives. And, um, you know, subsequently went to a couple other really, really cool countries, you know, Singapore, Thailand, Philippines, um, Japan. And um, that's really where I got my first taste of martial arts. Nice. Very cool. So, so name some of the people that you've trained with over the years. I mean, because there's a pretty, it's a pretty impressive list of, of uh, folks that you've been able to, to train underneath. So I've been blessed enough to... Um, you know, uh, trained with uh, Dan Amasano, who was, you know, the Bruce Lee's top protege. Yes. Is one yeah. of the three men that were ever, you know, certified under Bruce Lee. Um, and he's the only guy that was certified to teach Jeet Kune Do. Um, he's one of my, my mentors and, and main instructors. Um, I'm, I'm under him for the, the Jin Fan Jeet Kune Do and also the, the Filipino Kali Scream on the Sea Lot. Um, I've trained under um, Grandmaster Chai Siosut, who is uh, my Muay Thai instructor. Um, Eric Polson, who was the first American that ever, you know, went over to China or Japan and and uh, won the the light heavyweight championship in Shuto. Um, he's my yeah. my 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 combat submission wrestling MMA coach. Um, you know, Nicola, Nicholas Sonyak, who's my my Savat instructor. That's French kickboxing. Um, Grandmaster uh, Kakwa Kanetti, who was one of the original founding fathers of the Dusky Pars uh, Eskrima line. Um, one of his top students, who's one of my best friends, um, Chris Petrelli, his former uh, Army Ranger, phenomenal you know, martial artist and, and just an amazing human being. Broke his back in doing, doing a, a halo jump, and they told him to never walk again, and wow. they proved him wrong. You know, um, <laughs> you know so I mean, I've I just been really, really blessed that I – I, I was able to do the steps I was able to do as far as being introduced to martial arts through my my parents and my uncle and my uncle's you know colleagues and then when I came back to the states you know I tried everything from karate to ninjutsu to Japanese jujitsu to you know er, er, uh, kempo uh, anything I could get my hands on uh, and then um, in in nineteen um, 
1989 was when I first uh, started kind of on the path that I'm on now as far as like kind of streaming lining everything in the 19. 19- 94 was when I just said, hell, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. And that's, that's where my path, you know, really, really took me to, to, to where I'm at now. Yeah. So tell us, tell us a little bit more about, you know, the history, you know, what your father went through, what your mother went through, um, with communist China, with your father being a, a POW, you know, tell us some of those stories, the hardships that they dealt with so that people can relate and get a, a historical, uh, picture first before we start comparing things that are happening now here in the United States. For sure, um, you know, so a lot a lot of people don't don't really know the whole backstory. I mean, literally for like 22 years, um, China was in, in in internal strife, and during that 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 time, um, you know, they, there became two parties. There was more of a a Democratic Party and more of a Communist Party. Um, in the middle of it, uh, there was a Japanese invasion, and then towards the end was the the final, you know, takeover of the Communist Party. Uh, my father was yeah. born in 1922. Um, he grew up in, in, in a really poor family that were farmers. Um, his parents died very, very when he was very young, you know, due to all the the violence that was going on and and, yeah. and all the wars, you know, and and, and civil mm-hmm. wars that were going on. My, he was right. raised by my, my his his grandmother, who's my great grandmother. Um, you know, I remember him t- talking stories, telling me stories about how they didn't have enough money to eat, and uh, as a farmer, and, or their their crops wouldn't wouldn't you know do well, but the neighbors' crops would do well. So I remember him telling me how he would sneak out at night to go to the neighbor's farm to you know steal food for him and his grandmother, you know, to to eat, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, when he was old enough, he joined joined the um, the army that was the resistance side of uh, of the civil war against the communists um, and fought against the, the the Japanese and then um, you know ended up being uh, captured as a POW. My father was a um, was a communications o- um, operator for for the army and so they they kept him uh, as a POW and, and interrogated him consistently because. Being in that position, they thought that he he was, uh, right. you know, had private information, you know, about you know plans of attack, strategies, right. things like that. So um, right. they, you know, were, was interrogating him on a consistent basis and torturing him for information. Um, finally, they, they they figured out that he was just reading reading off whatever papers were were given to him to 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 translate to to give the information to the the, the you know army um, squads that were uh, you know. <laughs> operating and um they they made him you know crawl across um you know broken glass and 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 plead for his life before they basically exiled him out of his own country that he's born in um my mother was born in 1935 a little later there's a little age difference between my mother and father but um my my mother's side of the family was you know scholars and and doctors um my my grandfather was a, a doctor of oriental medicine and and taught um, you know, the healing arts and also taught, you know, um, uh, pe- people how to write and read, and, and which was at the time, if you guys understand any of the, the communist takeovers or any, any of the, the takeovers, the first thing they want to do is burn all the books and yes. to learn how to write, yeah. you know, so he that, you know, had, had they stayed, had his family stayed in, in China, they either would have been, you know, um, kept as prisoners killed or separated 
um, you know, so they, they immigrated to Hong Kong, which is a, a British colony, um, which was a safe haven for, you know, Chinese that were running from the communists and, and, and the war. And so um, that's pretty much um, uh, kind of a backstory of, of, of them growing up. I know that was, I mean, you didn't necessarily gloss over it because it is part of the story, but your father, part of the conditions it sounded like for him to be free, crawling on his knees on broken glass, begging for his life. Like, I just, that's a tough one to swallow, man. Yeah, man, it it's it, it just crazy, you know, it, as a kid, just having your dad show you these scars. He had deep, dark scars in his shins and his knees that were from, from the glass. So, you know, it wasn't like just a little piece here and there. You could tell that it was just, like, cut up and, you know, just mangled, you know. Um, yeah, still, you know, as an adult now, you know, kind of, brings a little bit of, you know, mistiness to my eyes and tears in my eyes, you know, kind of just, you know, thinking about what my dad had to go through, you know? Yeah. I, I just, it's just, I just can't even, when I read that, I'm just like, I don't know. My brain just, it just didn't process. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously I know what happened to him. But I'm just like, I can't even imagine. But then of course, you know, he comes over here and works his ass off so we can give you a life and instill in you the value of hard work, which obviously is a lesson that stuck. Absolutely, man. I, I, I think that's the most valuable lesson um, that I, I could have gotten and I, and I couldn't have gotten it from any book or any, any college degree. I mean, it was just really about, you know, that, that, that this, this is one of the greatest countries in, in the freaking world. Uh, you know, as far as your ability to make something of yourself, if you just, you know, apply yourself and just work hard and not spend your money on stupid shit, shit. Right. Of system. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can cuss. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> That 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 was one of the, the the biggest lessons, honestly, you guys, and um, you know, just the atrocities that I heard about growing up, you know, you know, the the the, the Japanese and the communists when they would go into the 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 villages and the provinces, they would just, you know, they would rape the men, the the, the women and the the, the girls. They, they would take the babies and just, you know, throw them up in in the air and and, and hit, you know, stick them on pitchforks. They would, you know, kick the the dead babies on the ground like like a soccer ball. I mean, and and you know, you hear about this in, in other cultures too. You know, when they when when people go in and invade, there are no nice invasions. There are no nice takeovers. You know, they want to just break your your spirit, break your morals, break everything about you, your 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 history, destroy everything, and then start over. Yeah, when we yeah. had on uh, Josh Howitt, good friend of the show, good friend of ours. Uh, tales of, of tales in Africa, particularly South Africa, and he was saying when invading forces come and they would have, as you basically said, baby catching parties with bayonets on the end of AKs, and yeah, it gets dark, man. It definitely does. And so I can imagine, you know, reading your bio, like you said, your dad, and most of these people who are, you know, come from these kind of dark places, they don't really want to talk about it too much. But you said after after a couple beers, your dad would tell you a few stories. Yeah, man. Um, you know, my dad worked, like I said, and you guys mentioned, you know, he worked his ass off, you know, six days a week, sometimes seven days a week, um, 10, 12 hour days. He worked between, you know, we were living in Portland, um, but my, my, my father worked in Portland and in Salem. So whatever work he could do, you know, he just kept working just to, to build up that nest egg and to pay off the house. He was always the kind of guy that was like, you know, if you can't afford it, you shouldn't buy it. You know what I mean? Um, right. and then, uh, as far as, um, you know, just, um, you know, just understanding what you, 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 your heritage is. And I think that's honestly, I think that's what's missing in today's society is, 
you know, the last couple of generations, I mean, they're, they're nice people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but, but they, they don't have the same work ethics. They don't have the same, uh, you know, and, and it, part of it's because, you know, their parents had to, you know, uh, you know, they, they weren't, you know, the same, you know, my parents stuck together their entire lives, you know, I mean, there, there was no divorces. I mean, they, sure, they had hard times, but, you know, and then my mother stayed at home and, with me until she was, I was 12 years old before she even got a job, you know, so, you know, uh, you know, it was always, you know, uh, a cultivation of, 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 of a child, you know, until the point that he was old enough to take care of himself. Whereas I think now you get kids that are brought up on, on, on um, social media or YouTube or, right. you know, they just think that life is so unfair and they don't have any <laughs> idea. There's no struggle. Yeah. We talk yeah. about that. The pussification of our, yeah. The millennials, they have no idea what strife is and they sit there and go, Oh, life is so unfair. And you know, we just should live in a social society where everybody just is equal, you know? And, and I think Pat posted something the other day that was awesome uh, about just equality, you know? And I think it was like a, a lion eating a freaking, um, you know, like a deer or something, you know? And it's like, you know, yeah, there's no equality in nature. There's no equality. I mean, equality is like a, is something that's a, a, a nice sentiment, but I mean, you, you it's, want a fi- it. it's, it's 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 fictitiously created you know um you know, it, it really is fictitiously created you know there's a reason that i'm not in the nba you know i'm <laughs> yeah. a basketball player okay that's the way it is that's life we're not equal in those terms so there's some there's some people out there that are way better at that than me like most people um i just happen to be better at fighting than than most people and was able to win a world title there's other guys that are great attorneys um and, uh, you know, we are not attorney. So that's that's just the way it is. Um, people have different knacks, different talents. We are not we are definitely not equal um, across the board. And, and people should never uh, believe that. Don't don't believe the, the lies that, that people are, are telling you from the government, uh, from from anywhere else. Um, we have an equal chance to be successful, as you mentioned, in this country. And that's about it. That's about it, man. That's the only guarantee we've got. Right. Well, they're trying to take that away from us, Pat. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are, and and so you know, the main thing is, is what you were talking about with work ethic and everything else, and about kids these days and not understanding. You know, I'm blessed. I mean, I've done my best uh, with my kids to tell them, hey, uh, you know, from the time they were little, I'd say, I'm not paying for your college. You better be really good at sports, and you better be really good at school because you're paying for it. You're going to get a scholarship. That's how you're going to get it done. Uh, look. I mean, worst case scenario, yeah, <laughs> help them get through school, of course. But here's the cool thing. Uh, both have worked very hard. They get very good grades. Both are very good athletes uh, and work very, very um, hard at what they do. You know, my daughter, my oldest daughter just got a scholarship for, for rowing and academics uh, to a Florida university. And uh, my sophomore is already getting offers from schools for swimming. So, look, um, my, my pep talks worked, right? And that's what I was trying to instill in my kids is, what you're referring to is immigrant mentality. You know, I come from a, um, a Croatian background, very hardworking. I mean, I had three jobs, pouring concrete and bartending and bouncing at clubs and stuff like that while I was training for fights um, just because I have that immigrant mentality. And that's what that's what we, we really need back in this country. 100%. I mean, just like you, Pat, I mean, I, I had my, my dad on his days off would take me to, to his restaurant he was working at just to have me bust tables and clean. I was like, you know, just a kid, six, seven years old sometimes, you know, I mean, 
um, you know, he would, I mean, it wasn't his restaurant. He'd take me to one of his friends' restaurants and, you know, have me, you know, uh, wipe, wash down and wipe down the, 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 the kitchen, you know, um, tables and, and, and the range and, you know, I, and then, you know, nothing was for free. That was the biggest thing is like, he wanted me to understand that you gotta, you gotta work to, 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 to earn your keep and to put food on the table, uh, or, or put money in your pocket. And that's the yeah. truth, man. That I mean, that generation, the older generation who's known struggle, I mean, they have to look at this generation being like, you know, it's something they can't even recognize. It's almost comparing apples and giraffes, you know what I mean? Totally different. The world's changed so much. Something I wanted to ask you. Actually, we got a few questions uh, from some listeners here. Um, do you mind taking a couple questions, brother? No, not at all. Me or Pat? Or uh, both of us. Well, you. I mean, we're all going to chime in, but this is obviously directed to you, and we could. I'll just okay. expound yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Modern yeah. Chinese modern Chinese society is largely controlled by a technological control grid overlay that maps citizens' movements and has implemented a social credit score system. There are people in the U.S. pushing towards this reality here. Could you talk about your thoughts on America moving in the direction that China is currently living in? It's so scary, you guys. Um, you know, and again, people that have never left American soil. I, I I feel sorry for them because I think that's where they think that there's just this in social injustice here in America. If you've never been in a third world country or a communist country, you are you, you are missing out on just appreciation of this this great country's you know freedoms. Right. Um, you know, as far as I think it's so scary to that the government wouldn't be able to track your movement, track your finances. Um, see who's in your home, see where you go, um, you, you know, having checkpoints. I mean, even uh, recently, a few years ago, I, I, I went to uh, Moscow. I was in Moscow, and then I went to um, uh, Kazakhstan. And that was Moscow was okay, but, I mean, it, you know, as soon as we, we left, you know, kind of like the touristy area and, and got into Kazakhstan and, and Dagestan, that's, that's some scary stuff, you guys. I mean, that's where, yeah. like – Literally, there's nobody on the roads, and, and and guys, that's what it's looking like right now, man. There's there's sometimes where there's nobody on I-40 or I-25 except for a few cars, and you guys have all seen the stuff that's going on in, in some of the, the the bigger cities and and even some of the smaller cities where, you know, the people are being asked, "Do you have your papers?" Yeah, and, and that's literally what they do in communist countries and socialist countries is you can't go from point A to point B without uh, proper documents or or the commissars that are snitching on people who have chosen to you know go outside or keep their businesses open you got you got what they call snitches you're getting rewards now which is just crazy they've got a hotline in colorado one of my good friends and and pat's a uh, good friend one of pat's pat's instructors mike frizzani he owns a gym out in cal or uh, uh in, in colorado he's originally from california but he was t he, he hit me up the other day and was like bro they got a hotline for people to turn other people in and that's literally oh, yeah. happening there. It's happening here. I myself, my business right now, my business as far as having uh, having a gym is, uh, you know, supposed to be shut down by orders of, you know, the the dictator governor, you know, and um, it's private property. So even though I'm not running, you know, classes here, it's still my property. So you know, I'm getting harassed here because. I'm here doing, you know, property improvements. I'm checking on, you know, the database. I'm making sure, you know, everything's not being broken into, things like that. And literally, the people turning us in, saying that we're running classes here. 
That's we've had insane. Three. Are you serious, three dude? Stops, bro. I, I so they've called us and they've had two other times where, you know, luckily, you know, we we have some connections with state police and 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 Albuquerque PD because myself and you know Coach Trell. Um, you know, our, our former law enforcement. And then, um, you know, uh, we have a lot of law enforcement military here. So, you know, we got a couple of heads up that they're coming. But, you know, at the same time, they're saying, you know, we're running classes here and we're not. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand what they're doing is the governor's bypassing the fact that they can't arrest us. And there's no statutes. There's no right. law now written where the state police or or uh, city police can come and arrest you or fine you for any reason. They can't do that. But what they did was they took code enforcement and the fire department and put those two entities together. And if you understand what those two entities can do is they can literally come into your home or they can come into your business and say, well, you know, this place is um, not fit for for, you know, a dwelling. This place is not you're 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 in code violations of all your, you know, your your uh, electricity's ran wrong. You're, uh, you know, what? they can shut you down for multiple reasons. And that's yeah. what they're using as citations. And then they're threatening that if you have a license of any sorts, which is can be a business license, it could be uh, a chiropractor's license uh, to to you know do his profession, um, liquor license. You know, so you can lose your license, or it can be really really difficult for you to get your license renewed because you have citations on your record, uh, you know, from these issues. So people don't understand. That's what 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 they're trying to do is they're circumventing the fact that there are no laws. You know, state police and city police is this here to basically keep the peace in case, you know, kind of shit gets weird. They're just escorts. Yeah, we need to get we need to get we need to get our claws into somebody uh, because obviously the federal government has been sending out emails. States have been sending out emails uh, to municipalities. And there there is especially amongst um, the far left leaning politicians and uh, bureaucrats. There, this stuff has all been pre-planned. This is this is marching orders 101, man. And so we need to get our claws into somebody who's willing to talk about the procedures, not just the cont continuity of government procedures, but there's other stuff in here that we're that we're seeing Stasi-like uh, conditions being imposed upon the American people, like yourself. 100%, man. Something needs to be done. Um, you know, I know a lot of uh, states and cities, there's been, you know, protests and, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, marches, things like that. Um, again, you know, how fast they get shut down or how many moles are in these little uh, subgroups. Yes. So I, I literally um, I, I started, you know, uh, I was talking to Pat and he was like, you should, you know, spearhead or join something. So I joined like this little coalition of uh, small businesses, you know, against, you know, unreasonable quarantine. You know, and, um, you know, I had some ideas, but uh, at the same time, I'm I coming from the background. I come in to this thing with with not only, you know, law enforcement and regulatory enforcement background, but also with my parents, you know, coming up the way they did. You know, I, my first thing was to one of the, 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 the people that are running this this group. I'm like, hey, man, um, we need to be really careful on what we say here because we don't know if we have eyes. And she goes, I think we have eyes. You know, so, you know, this right. is concern that, again, the, the, these sympathizers that, you know, lack of better terms um, are turning people in and they're just trying to egg things on 
to see who they can get riled up, and mm. then who knows, you know, who, who's who's going to be at your door next next time knocking yes. on the door. Well, yeah, when you got the head of the WHO saying we can come into your house if we suspect somebody is sick, et cetera, I'm just like... And remove them. And remove them. I just like, is this freaking 2020? I mean, the world is... I mean, it's just hard to... It's been for weeks now, but it's just hard to get my mind wrapped around all this, man. It's so crazy. Um, One more question, if you don't mind, and I have my major question I wanted to ask you. China was ruled by the... Uh, King Dyn- Qing Dynasty, Q-U-I-N-G Dynasty for centuries before several uprisings and the Chinese-Japanese War. These struggles that left China open for its own Bolshevik revolution similar to Russia. Do you think communism has been beneficial for the Chinese people? Well, you know, it's it's hard to get a really good take on, you know, uh, it's, it's a funny question, right? Uh, I, I chuckle a little bit because, again, <laughs> there, there, there's no free speech, right? It's uh, it's hard to get somebody's yeah. true opinion if you're, you know, number one is, you know, there's there the, everything's being watched. Number two is that there's a lot of brainwashing that's that happens when you, you know the communist or socialist party come through, and here's here's the thing that I, mm-hmm. I, I I'm starting to have really big concerns about you guys is. I think I, I, I sent Pat this the other day. You know, my apps on my phone are starting to have little warnings of staying at home. As I'm driving oh. from point A to point B, they're using, you know, so like we all know about the hashtags, right? So they're using hashtag stay at home, hashtag, uh, you know, uh, uh, shop alone. You know, it's like consistent messages over and over. I opened up an app, uh, <laughs> you know, today to watch um, – to, to make a, a little post for Instagram for one of my Zoom classes. And there's actually apps within there. There's templates for the COVID-19. So I'm like, so there's so much that's going on as far as just you're seeing over and over and over and over. Stay at home. Don't go anywhere in large groups. Well, you even know, that stay- Corona task force, Deborah Burke, she even said as a part of phase one, and you could, I guess, take the language however you want. But she was like, "We're part of that's going to be be able to track and trace certain movements of people who have tested, et cetera, et cetera." And they make it seem like it's like, "No, you go to this website and check in." But they can track and trace through many different ways. It's almost like a lie by omission. Yeah, you can go volunteer this information, but we can also track you. One hundred percent. And going back to you know what, what what you guys are talking about about people going into your house, the W A H O going into your house. I mean, that's again when we talk about communist you know type activities that's what happens right they now can go come into your home or or they're trying to pass it so they can come into your home and 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 move somebody legally out of your house or or make sure that your 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 business is equipped with the right kind of business you know um p- filters in the air make sure your 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 everything is is up to code or you're getting shut down you know and that's one of my main concerns is even if they open up the economy you guys what kind of what kind of strings come with that you know what i mean right. um yeah, yeah you can open your 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 business up but your restaurant can only have 20 percent of um uh, of 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 the 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 capacity you can open up your gym up but um, you know you have to have this sanitizer. You have to buy from this 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 company. You have to have this uh, amount of space between. You have to have now instead of having two bathrooms, you for this this um, location you need to have four. You know you need to have the you know I, again. Yeah, what kind of strings are going to come with us being able to reopen our country and our states? And at what point? You know, here's here's the question that we all have to ask ourselves, and I know you guys have on the show is 
At what point do we give up our civil liberties to, for other people's to feel safe? What kind of right. bullshit is that? Right. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that dawned on me. Uh, and I'm not calling myself. <laughs> Maybe I got hit so much that I differently. But this, I've been called a lunatic for bringing this up, but most Americans that are calling me a lunatic haven't done the research on Agenda 21, on the Green New Deal that the that the far-leaning left politicians were talking about, and the stipulations of the bailout package, right? Yep. We're talking about, and that combined with, so I want people to search that on their own, and go ahead and try and a 21 Agenda 21, New Deal, and the bailout package, and lay those over the top of each other in terms of what the goals are on those, and then you come back to me and tell me that I'm crazy because and in conjunction with that, you know, they wanted to get rid of fossil fuels in all of those. Uh, fossil fuel now, I mean, the the price of a, a barrel of oil was under, under $20. You can get gas for a dollar a gallon now. So that's just a war on um, oil. Look, okay, everybody wants uh, uh, you know to pollute less. I get it. But what's happening is a lot of people that work in the oil industry are, are losing jobs, and there's going to be a lot more of them, a lot of them. They're not going to be producing oil because they, they, can't, they can't afford to drill it and pump it out of the damn ground. So that's how they kill fossil fuel on top of the mandatory vaccines. You know, that's it's, you know, Agenda 21 talks about, moving uh, citizens from rural areas to urban areas and then government taking over all all food production and so and that farmers are losing their farms left and right right now sorry my dogs are going nuts um you know that the airlines are, are getting hammered on emission controls that are unattainable go on get rid of get rid of airplanes in the green deal all of that stuff it all ties back to this bailout money that went out people accepting twelve hundred dollars as an appeasement to basically lose all their freedoms, all their freedoms. Because, um, I mean, you know, meatpacking plants are closing all across the They are closing, and many will go bankrupt from this. Uh, and farmers don't have anywhere to bring their cows. I was just talking to a, uh, one of the guys, the head of the meat department at Hot because I don't want him to get in trouble. We just, Pat, you're breaking we're up. Having, yeah, you're freezing we're up. Having, we're having we're having trouble meat from from the uh, from the farms and stuff. So disrupting all of the all the ch- uh, chains. You're breaking up pretty gnarly, Pat. I heard you a little bit, but yeah, I mean, you're right. It's you know this has all been kind of written out into the agenda twenty one, agenda twenty uh, twenty thirty. And again, I'll get your opinion on it. You know, we've talked about it, how they're moving, moving society in general from a resource based economy to an energy based economy where this smart grid that we see, the Internet of Things, they will move away from cash and moving towards more of a digital cash, uh, social credit kind of economy where, you know, they're not listening to you physically, but they're listening to you through all your utilities and then it comes down to, well, since we don't have cash, how much energy does it take to be Ray? All right, well, Ray, here's your credits for this month, et cetera. What are your thoughts on that? Man, it, it's super, super scary. Uh, I mean, it's bad enough that, I mean, I, and, and I don't know if everybody realizes it. I, I don't think general population actually puts two and two together. You know, I mean, 
how often have we looked on, have we said something with, uh, you know, our phone nearby and all of a sudden, you know, maybe yeah. we're talking about, maybe we're talking about, um, you know, um, you know, uh, whatever, like a, 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 a anything. New, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is. And all of a sudden it pops up on your feed, you know, yeah. um, that's already happening. And then now we're talking about like this, this whole 5g thing. Yes. And I'm sure Pat, it's going to bring up the, what we saw last night, but you know, there's the, that's that's a scary scary thing because if they can really start monitor monitoring our activities and going away from you know uh, an economy that's based on what it is right now, there they can really really just flip everything um, and end on end and and really change everything to again you know this 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 agenda that 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 they've been trying to do and i i think they've been systematically doing little bits of it yes. you know your your bill gates is your your you know your um you know this technology that they're giving to us and we're just chomping up we're chomping up this 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 technology and and we don't understand that that, that technology is is going to be our unfolding. It's it's Skynet, man. It, like you said, it's been, you know, Aldous Huxley said in the 60s that they're going to come up with these means of enslavement, essentially, that we will just clamor for. And our phones and this digital nonsense is just another part of it. I'm not, I'm trying not to be a hypocrite because I use it too, but I'm just saying the, the measure of control and data that they're extracting uh, is going to be crazy. You know, with China being the beta test, I think we're moving right into that AI uh, facial recognition, social credit. Oh, you cross the street, or you do this and this. You lost a certain amount of credits. You can't board a plane. You can't take public transportation. It's it's about to get, get crazy. Yeah, what scares me is even like using the Skype. I was like, I was da- downloading it yesterday. I was like, oh shit, it's a Microsoft product. Oh crap. I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, there's just no way well, the, back, around it. Yeah. Go ahead, Pat. Back. Sorry. Back. Back to the cell phones. I was just gonna say. You know, they're tracking us on those for social distancing purposes already. They're putting it out, uh, you know, benign articles. The way they put these articles out is, um, you know, Rock Island County, Illinois, doing a great job of social distancing, but Scott County, Iowa, not doing a good job of social distancing based cell phone tracking. 100%. Yeah. It's, they don't even hide they're, it. They're doing it all over the country. Yeah. So that and, – and, and so – the way that they slide that 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 tracking in to get to it because it's for a so-called uh, humane purpose right. to keep us all safe. That's the craziness about it. That people, why people aren't freaking out about that and losing their minds is beyond me. Well, that's part of what we talked about: the trauma-based conditioning. They just you you do almost abdicate your own normal mind and your own common sense once they utilize right. fear. These social engineers and these behavioral scientists, they know exactly what they're doing. They've been monitoring us and doing tests on us forever. And this is just them like you know, implementing the stuff they've learned. You know, Pompeo saying this is a live exercise right in front of the freaking world, and Trump's like, oh, should have told me, but <laughs> it doesn't doesn't change that. Yeah, this is. It's crazy. Well, Kevin, one of one of one of uh, somebody had a, a question here. Kevin said, uh, "We burned the five G." Well, there's going to be tons of five G towers already are going up all over all over the nation right now. Um, I am not advocating for arson or destruction of anything, but I can tell you that five um, G, from what uh, from the research we've done and the guests we've had on, five G is not good for humanity. Let's put it that way. 
I mean, the towers in and of itself and this larger application, like we were talking, I don't know if you were phased out there for a little, Pat, but I mean, this control grid, this internet of things, this smart grid that they're building, which, I mean, when I came in from, apparently you and Ray both had the same conversation about what was in the sky last night. I looked up there and didn't really see much, but I came inside and asked if anybody was sky watching and my Twitter, I mean, it was just, yes, people were sky watching. They were seeing what some of them were saying were satellites. I mean, I don't know if people were seeing right turns or anything, but apparently these satellites that musk and those guys are putting up there are so abundant that people are just like wow look at that oh wow look at that i mean pat you said you and your daughter every few seconds she's like daddy daddy this oh dad you know you were seeing them all over the place yeah so we i mean i live in a i'm out but we drove further out uh north and we sat in my pickup we got out of my pickup truck and got the bed of the pickup truck and it was maybe a minute or two and we started seeing them um they look like stars but they're zipping across the sky. There's no sound, and they're everywhere. They're going directions. There's some trains of them, you know, four or five in a row. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. And then Ray, Ray went, uh, Ray went out and started looking for them too. And and Ray can tell you what he saw, man. I mean, look, my daughter's 15 years old and seeing this stuff. Um, I believe that it is Skynet. It, it is all the satellites that they put up to, uh, to. With the 5G towers that they're going to put up everywhere. Um, but, I mean, other people are saying they're seeing these satellites stop and turn and go different directions and all kinds of stuff. So it's it's crazy, crazy stuff that's happening in the skies. Ray, maybe you can talk about what you guys saw. Yeah, so, um, you know, I talked to you uh, after you, uh, you and your daughter had saw, saw what you saw. And, and um, you know, after I fed the dogs, I was I wanted to, to go out um, a little bit farther out towards um, – <clears throat> Native American res out by my house, and um, you know, I, I I decided I was just going to see what I could see outside. Um, I live already kind of on the outskirts of, of town already, and so um, I go down and I, I shut off all the lights. I go outside, uh, and immediately I see what Pat's talking about. I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> and so you know, I tell my girlfriend, "Come out here! Come out here!" And, I'm, and she sees them too. And I'm like, okay, let's go upstairs because I have a balcony that uh, wraps around the house and overlooks the Sandia Mountains, which is, you know, east uh, uh, side of, um, uh, of New Mexico. And so we go up there and I, I start seeing more and more. So instead of five, now I see nine and I see 10. What? Then I see 14 of them. And then on top of these, you guys, there were drones outside flying. There were drones that were flying low, and they were crisscrossing each other. And then there was a military chopper that flew by, you know, and the, the thing just creeped me the hell out. I immediately I get on the phone. I'm texting Pat. I'm trying to call Pat. I'm like, holy crap, you're right, bro. And it's like literally um, it was so disconcerting. And then um, Eric Polson, who's one of my instructors, uh, you know, we talked about him earlier. Um, you know, he's, he's always been, you know, kind of like-minded like me and Pat, and he hits me up about one o'clock at, at my time and sends me this thing, which I forwarded to Pat. There are 60 of these satellites, so-called satellites, around uh, our, 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 our globe. So if they've admitted to 60 of them, how many of them really are there out there? Do you, know, you guys know what I mean? Right, yeah. Well, I mean, that's crazy because yeah, Pat called yeah. me. He's like, dude, and look in the sky, look in the sky. I'm like, dude, I'm 400 miles away. What are you talking about? And then, like, everybody around the country was like, dude, there's shit in the sky. So I, the fact that you're in New Mexico and you saw stuff too – Holy crap! What's going on? Oh man, it was it was freaky. And and what was really interesting was, you know, I was telling Pat like right before it, right at dusk, I, I started hearing gu- you know gunfire, like just pop 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 pop, like like large caliber, like fifty caliber, you know, 
large military, you know, type type mounted, you know, uh, assault rifles. And I'm like, that doesn't sound right at all. You know, mm. I mean, we're out in the desert, but that still doesn't sound right. And then all of a sudden, you know, right, right after that, the dogs start going crazy nonstop mm. until it starts getting dark. And then they keep going ape shit all night long while all this stuff, while the drones are flying around, while this, you know, and I don't know who, you, what, what are these satellites emitting? You know, like you said, you know, the 5G, I've done some research just in, 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 in just skimming it and it, it it's not good for us. You know, we, we've already proven that with, with, with when they expanded the, the radio waves, that it's not good for us to F with the, 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 the stratosphere and all the different levels uh, of our, our, our atmosphere. And, and right. these, the waves screw everything up. Mm-hmm. Well, well that, that's the thing is, you know, there's, there's definitely a difference between I didn't see, I haven't seen any drones. I'm pretty rural out here in Iowa, but I can tell you this what we saw last night was definitely not drones. And then you seeing drones on top of that and military choppers, you know, what are they playing? What, what on earth are they putting together here, man? This is, well, he did. So, you know, did we, did we have people freaking out and talking about this before we got shut in our houses? Did people notice these things flying around before we got shut in our houses like this? magnitude i don't necessarily remember stories but i mean hell trump just did, did just create the space agency which is literally another military branch so i think these are going to these kind of things are going to become more commonplace as they slowly in my opinion do what they call soft disclosure they're basically telling us shit's out there like we were saying earlier they just don't roll it out at once it's a slow roll to kind of acclimate the public to the possibility of it yeah, rolling it out right now when everybody's so focused on covid19 you know and, and we were just talking about this pat how in, intelligent people, educated, intelligent people that are doctors, lawyers, you know, it, that, that have tons of schooling are behaving like people that have zero thought for themselves and are staying at right. home and down their screens. And again, they're over, over and over, stay at home, stay at home. You know, all, all they're doing is showing you the number of infected cases, the number that are dying. They are not showing us how many people have recovered, which is a 98 percentile. Yeah. It doesn't work, yeah. man. That doesn't well, and, sell. And, That's part of the fear campaign. If you do that, and we don't, we don't want to discount the fact. Look, there are people that are dying tragically from respiratory uh, virus, from a from a respiratory virus. Virus. Uh, many of them, for the most part, are elderly. Uh, that doesn't make it any less tragic. But uh, uh, you know, pre-existing conditions. Um, you know, healthy, strong young people um, are going to cough for a while, and they're going to get over it. Um, it's, it's, it's generally not, not going to, going to kill those folks. So, uh, I talked about already having it in January. A bunch of people had it. Did you, did you catch it in January, Ray? Yeah, man. Um, so my mother is 84 now. Um, she's had a couple bouts of, of pneumonia over the last, you know, two years, but right at the end of the year, right? Literally on Christmas Eve, I go to visit her at her adult living facility and she didn't look right. She wasn't acting right. Um, the day after Christmas, we put her immediately into, um, you know, a, 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 a nursing you know, facility. Um, she was there for over three weeks, um, was just out of it. I mean, really, really bad. Um, thank gosh, my mom, you know, pulled through, you know, she's again, you know, a warrior. We can, you know, look at just the background, but, um, you know, yeah. caught something during that time just in visiting with her. And then also, you know, uh, at the time, uh, I was I was hanging out with my my ex girlfriend and her her son, and they had it. And you know, they um, 
definitely I was down. I was, you know, and this is like right after, you know, Pat, you and I hung out just sick as a dog for right. about, you know, probably a good week, you know, week and a half or so. But again, I, I think the thing is, is that people, people got this early on and they just didn't coin it as, as COVID-19. I think what they want that we're doing was just, it was again, a test phase, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. The beta test. Because, because all the all the people that were getting it were getting tested for pneumonia, getting tested for the flu, and all the tests were coming. Yeah. Yeah, you're breaking up, Pat. Well, while Pat chimes back in, a question I'm you know looking at your bio and I saw that you not only know Dano in Osanto, but you you know practice Jeet Kune Do, you know you teach with him or teach under him. I was just like blown away because obviously as an old school martial arts Bruce Lee fan, the old documentaries I would always see Dano and Santo, etc. Um, when I was a young lad, bro, 20, 21, 22, me and my boys took a road trip, man. We were literally in the bush for like a month and a half, did not even come out barely. And the book I bought before I went was the Tao Cheat Kundo, which I was just translated the way of the intercepting fist. And obviously, Bruce is such a freaking genius. He presented in such an amazing way about fighting and warfare, et cetera. But for me, and I think it wasn't an accident, he presents it also as a, as a philosophy, as a way of life of sorts. You know, as one of some of his lines are, you know, be water, my friend, having no way as way. And I've taken that to heart and always, I mean, that's, I wouldn't say my Bible, but I've really tried to follow that. And how, what do you think? Because I see today, I see, I extrapolate that and I apply it to society. So, so much extreme tribalism, if you will, which Bruce in, in the in the way of fighting would seem would be equated as the fixed positions, right? The the dogmatic rigidness and inflexibility that disallows you to respond in a certain way in a fight. You know what I mean? One hundred percent, Jeff. I mean, I, I think you hit it on the the the, the head as far as you know, CJ Bruce Lee's, uh, you know, philosophies, uh, the book was, was much more, people don't understand. And a lot of people that looked at it, that didn't have the, 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 the understanding of what he was trying to do is that that book was not meant to be a manual on how to be a, a badass martial artist. There, there were, you know, notes from his training as far as like what worked for him. There was a lot of, you know, Taoists and, 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 and Buddhists, you know, type, um, you know, uh, verses that were put in there. There was a lot of just, you know, living, taking martial arts and taking these different, you know, kind of doctrines and kind of applying them to life and and being able to transcend just fighting and and utilizing the strategies uh, of of fighting for life struggles. And again, if we we talk about a a book like, um, you know, um, you know, um, uh, which we call it, um, you know, uh, the, 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 the art of war, you know, Tzu, yeah. war right. Uh, you know, I read it when I was much younger and I didn't understand it as an adult now. And as a business owner, a hundred percent. Now I see just, 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 it's literally a blueprint on what you should and shouldn't do right. in, in, in business, you know, as a leader and what, and what's fair and what's not fair. You know, so yeah, I, I, I think, um, I think Bruce was, you know, I think and Pat and everybody, you know, to this day, you know, Joe Rogan, everybody, you know, talks about how he was the, the founding father of MMA. And I, I truly believe he was, I think yeah. if, had he lived and he, he's still alive, it would look even more different than in the landscape is right now. I think cause he, he consistently evolved to my understanding you know, uh, under Sipo Insano, you know, Mr. Insano would, 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 tells his stories a lot. He's, he's such an amazing uh, human being, but he's also an amazing teacher in the sense that he always is, is telling us stories 
and teaching us martial arts. But, you know, he, he would tell us how, how, you know, Sibu Bruce would come in and literally be like a week and a half, two weeks, you know, after they'd seen, seen each other trained. And, and, and Mr. Asano was the, the main instructor, you know, while Bruce was doing all the movies and doing stuff. But Bruce was evolving in such a, a fast, fast manner um, that he would literally come back the next time they were training, they said, no, 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 that, that's wrong now. Don't do that. Mm. This is what I'm doing now. This is far superior to this last technique. And, and what Mr. Ansano would say was, it was. Literally, he was on that, just that, that, that path mentally and physically where nobody else was, was putting these, these things together and, and really kind of looking at it. And I think that we can, as, as, as civilization, as humans, we can take something like that and, and, and again, look at, okay, religions, you know, uh, beliefs, martial arts. You can transcend all the, the dogmatic, you know, uh, uh, things that we're taught by just looking around and, like Pat said, research, research these things. Do, do your own studies. People don't understand that these loans that they're given out is, no, nobody remembers a dust bowl. Nobody remembers all the farms that, that, that people's homesteads that got taken away from them that weren't legally, they weren't able to take them away before that shit happened. But then they right. gave loans and then all of a sudden they defaulted. And then guess what? All that property just now got, gets auctioned off. You know, and guess who's going to come in, swoop in with a bunch of money and take it? Yeah. 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 Corporations. I just, corporations I just wish, man, I swear. I mean, I'd, I'd end with this and Pat jump in. I just wish society could pull some more of that because you just see it now. People are so rigid, so inflexible in their political thoughts, their religious thoughts, et cetera. You can't even have conversations. You know what I mean? Relationships are breaking up, et cetera. And I just hear Bruce in my head, be water, my friend, be water, my friend. And if we could, I think we could just do a little bit more of that. And that's not, that's not to mean, that's not to mean you'll fall for anything because you stand for nothing, but almost, you know, take what is beneficial for you and reject what isn't. If that's different than somebody else, that's Okay. You know what I mean? People need to have their position, but don't let their position have them. It's, it's. I think Bruce Lee. What you, the, the description that you gave of Bruce, and coming back and talking to Dan and doing that and changing things up as easily as he could meant he was completely humble. He wasn't. He wasn't. He, he connected no fiber of his being to a belief system that made that be the way that things had to be. You know, it's and. And I'm sure you'll agree with this, you know, when martial arts, when mixed martial arts started, when it was called ultimate fighting, you know, I looked at it and went, I was blessed to not be the best wrestler in the world. I was, I was blessed that I was good, but I wasn't, I wasn't the best wrestler. Certainly nowhere, nowhere near the best wrestler, even in my hometown. Animals. Uh, from, um, I said, well, why wouldn't you want to be good at everything? Why wouldn't you want to be good? Why wouldn't you want to pull the things that make you good at this instead of the guys that say, well, I'm a karate expert and that's what I'm going in with. And that's, that's live or die by the sword type thing. And they'd go in and get butchered because they, they didn't have, you know, the full, the full repertoire of, of how to fight. So that's, and, and that's the way I talk about with the mindset of, of religion. Now the mindset of politics, exactly what you're talking about is people have been pounded and I'll give you a perfect example. I was done earlier with a guy from, uh, who was a big wig at Bear Stearns. The guy's worth a hundred million dollars, and I was just on the phone with him. And you're, you're, Jeff. Uh, but anyway, he said what changed his life was there were two. He was working with one New York senator's uh, son, and the, there was a Republican and a Democrat at that time, 
um, in the in the state of, of for the state of New York in Washington D.C. And publicly, they slammed each other, hated each other, talked about each corruption, this and that. And then one day, uh, the opposing attorney, the opposing the Republican uh, uh, D.C. senator, walked into Bear Stearns, walked up to the Democrats, the Democrat senator's son, hugged him, kissed him on the side of the head, and said, "I love you." And then the Democrat, the father of that guy that he worked with, walked in. So both of them were in the office in Bear Stearns giving each other hugs. And he goes to the son. He goes, dude, what's going on? Because these guys publicly hate each other. Don't you understand, dude? This is politics. These guys love each other. They're playing, they're playing the people from both sides, brother. And I went, wow, yeah, that's, it's, 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 it's true. It's true. And he goes, that was the moment that changed my my life and I instantly started hoarding gold and silver and hmm. guns and ammo and all kinds of stuff, man. I'm worth, I'm worth a lot of money now uh, because of that moment. <laughs> a learning that's lifelong so lesson. And that, that is so deep. But I mean, that's yeah. true. I mean, it's, we say, you know, it's WWE, man. And a lot of times we just argue about, no, Andre Giant's going to win WrestleMania 3. No, the fucking Hulkster, there's no way he can take him. And it's like literally arguing over a fixed game and Vince McMahon's back there laughing his ass off, just cashing checks. But hopefully we can get a little bit more, wave the intercepting fist in our life and be water, my friend. 100%, you guys. Well, Ray. So what, I'm what's, sorry. What, what's going on in New Mexico? What's the governor saying? When are you guys free? Supposedly, yeah, the, the the governor the governor here is so New Mexico was about probably three to four weeks behind everybody else, uh, as far as you know the shutdown goes. I think we shut down, you know, the school started shutting down first, and then my mother was put into isolation, which again I, I'm very thankful for. Um, yeah. But you know, we we've been shut down for about a month now. But I think that um, the New Mexico governor, you know. Um, the biggest thing about her, you guys, is she she's trying to jockey for position for a vice presidential candidate. You know, she wants to be on the ticket. You know, so yeah. she's trying to claim. Here's the here's the most interesting things. She's trying to claim that you know all 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 these um, there's not as many cases in New Mexico, but but yes, she doesn't want to open up the um, the the economy. But then just today, all of a sudden, I, I sent this to Pat. They're now going to be start shipping in. Are, are, are flying people in from Arizona that have COVID-19. And just the other day, they uh, they had, and again, people are not reading the, the fine print. They're not reading the entire article. They're looking at the big, big headline. But the other day, they had a breakdown of all the, the cases in New Mexico. And what they didn't look at was the fact that they, they were using some numbers from the Navajo uh, Nation or, or Navajo County, which is over over in Arizona. They were using numbers from Utah. They were using all these other numbers to make New Mexico's, you know, affected, you know, and, and death rates. You know, and so now they're flying people in. Um, I I think I think she is power hungry. Um, she's, you know, publicly gone gone uh, above and beyond to to shut down businesses like Calibers, which is a, a, a gun store here that has is the biggest uh, indoor range in New Mexico. Um, a couple, you know, last week, the owner basically came out and said, well, I'm suing you guys because this, this is one of our amendments and I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to back down. Well, they, they shut him down. Next day he opens back up. Fox News, not not just a local one, the international, the, 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 the big one comes out, interviews him, and she sends, you know, state police to shut him down again. You know, so 
um, again, there's there there's a, there's an underlining agenda here. There's 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 something besides just saving lives. She's coming out on 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 interviews with a picture of her mom, you guys, and, and saying, "You guys are killing my mom. Stay at home." I mean, from somebody that has an elderly mother, I'm so offended by that. I'm so incredibly offended by that 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 a politician would just use that kind of tactic to try and just fear people into staying at home or shame people into staying at home, you guys. You know what I mean? Never let yeah, a good yeah. crisis go to waste, they well, say. We, and we've talked about this before. As you said, this is not about us. This is about the banks were headed off a cliff. We knew that. Anybody that was paying attention knew that they were going off a cliff because of the QE programs from the 2008 collapse. They blew up the bubbles. And uh, look, any, any way you slice this, even if they wouldn't have shut anything down, we were headed for a massive financial collapse and a recession of massive proportions, depression, whatever you want to call it. So they're just using this for cover so that citizens don't drag their politicians and the elite bankers out into this and hang them publicly. I'm telling you right now, because this is, uh, this is going to be bad. And people, I want people to understand that they think that things are going to go back to normal when they let us go back to work. It's not going to be normal. It's not people don't realize how bad this is going to be. And there's a lot of people out there who are afraid to say anything about it. I'm not afraid to say anything about it, but people better be ready, man, because this thing, this is going to get a lot worse. What they have, what they have in store for us after the virus passes, you have no clue, man. No clue. Well, and this is what's been so dope about getting Ray's perspective, you know, having a family who's come from somewhere where it does get that bad where his father had to crawl to his knees, you know, on broken glass to his freedom. And when you start seeing things like food shortages, restriction of movement, et cetera, the level of surveillance we're seeing, whoa, ladies and gentlemen, buckle up, because many people who don't think it can get that bad, history has proven otherwise. And I don't think people should think just because it's, you know, 50, 80 years has passed since Stalin and all that, that it can't happen again. So, Ray, I can't thank you enough, bro, for your time and uh, just breaking off some, some very interesting information about uh, your experience, your life, being a badass motherfucker around him. <laughs> if you got any uh, social networking, where can we find you? Track you down, man. See what you've been up to. Uh, I just fired up uh, CoachRayE.com. Uh, um, it's still in the works. It's not 100% yet, but it's up. Um, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, everything's just literally under Coach Ray Yee. So, and YouTube, everything is literally under that. Um, a good friend of mine, I, I know Pat knows, Tracy Lee, used to be a, a photographer for the UFC. You know, Tracy um, helped me with my original branding, and she she had me just do everything simply, um, Coach Ree. So uh, anybody that's looking for me can find me just under that handle. Sweet. Beautiful. Patrick J., any final words? Man, thank you, Ray. It's a pleasure to talk to you, man, and I'm looking forward to when we can get out of our houses. And Well, I mean, in Iowa, we're, we're, we're not that restricted, but uh, when we can travel, do shows again, train with you, and and enjoy enjoy some Kali and some some knife fighting, brother, and some camaraderie, some patriotism. Anytime, man. Anytime you and Jeff need anything, man, you guys just hit me up. You guys got my number, you know, and I, I'd be just honored and, and, and blessed to, to, to spend some time with you guys again. Likewise, my Appreciate friend. Likewise. Ray Yee, ladies and gentlemen, check him out. Champ, love you. Ray, love you back, brother. And uh, stay well, everybody. Stay well out there. Peace and so much love. Stay tuned. Always, there will be more. <laughs>